Wow, I don't believe it. You mean to tell me you guys have never snorted coke? Well, I always wanted to try, you know, but uh, Albie, uh, oh, he's got very you. down don't on it. Don't put it on me. What, what the, I don't want to put a wad of white powder in my nose. There's the, the nasal membrane. You never want to try anything new, Albie. Just come on, Albie. Come on. Do your body a favor. Try it. Come yeah, on. come on. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's a lot of fun because the Incas did it, you know, and, and they were they, they, they were a million laughs. <laughs> Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast, the podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R, and SinceRightNow.com, with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. With our guest tonight, Anna David, founder of After Party Magazine and host of After Party Pod. Hey there. Hey, how are you? Um, I'm good. So uh, we have Jeff on from like a mountaintop in Colorado, so he's going to try to hang. He might uh, not make it. Jeff, are you there? Can you say hi? I will. I will say hi. Hi, Anna. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm well. How's the mountaintop? Mountaintop's good. I'm in the Moose Lodge in Grand Lake, Colorado. It's there's some moose around, but yeah, we're okay. Well, I, yeah, okay. I'm in the middle of a Hollywood office, as far as you can get from that. All right. Uh, All right. And Matt and I are in uh, a house in St. Louis, Missouri. So um, thanks, guys. So there you go. Um, <laughs> it's like a hundred. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, I don't even want to paint a picture for you. So anyway, uh, Anna. A slightly limited time. We got uh, half an hour to forty-five minutes. She's going to give us the heads up, and she thinks uh, she, she needs. We need to wrap it up. Um, She's done. What? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What did he say? I don't, I'm not sure what he said. Uh, we might drop. He might drop in and out. Yeah. He's going to listen, and if he gets in, he'll he'll get in. Um, so anyway, let's get started. Basically, what what. We do as soon as we've sort of all introduced each other, ourselves and uh, had a chance to chat for a second. I just do a quick intro and uh, we dive in. I let you amend it or correct it as needed. And then uh, we just start chatting. Cool? Awesome. All right. Uh, so tonight on Since Right Now, our guest is Anna David. And if you don't know who that is in the recovery addiction recovery community, um, I don't know if I can help you. Go. You'll yeah. find out. Um, she is the founder of, is is Rehab Reviews the parent or was that? It's a great question. It okay. is the parent. Is the parent. Uh, After Party Magazine preceded Rehab Reviews and now we're a part of Rehab Reviews. Okay, that, that was my impression. So Rehab Reviews, which is the parent of After Party Magazine and After Party Pod, um, which is Anna's fantastic uh, recovery pod. Um, if you haven't listened, do. And if you have, uh, good for you. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that, that's the kind of intro I give Anna that, that requires amending and correction. So, um, <laughs> it, it's my Achilles heel. Uh, welcome and thanks for joining us. It's so fun to be here. It really just even getting to know you at all uh, has been a pleasure. So, well, and, you know, I should let people know that, uh, you know, when, when I, and I've, I've, People that, that follow um, Clean and Sober 
like on Twitter and on Facebook and stuff, they know that I, I give much credit to, to three podcasts, yours being one of them. And yours in particular was the, the podcast that, that really encouraged me that there was room for um, voices that were maybe a little more irreverent, a little more, um, I don't know, uh, edgy, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I thought, okay, well, there's, so there's room on this, in the spectrum for, um, you know, the way, way we want to do it. And so I really appreciate the, you know, having found you and the um, confidence and the encouragement you gave me without knowing it. Um, well, thank you. That just, that is thr- thrilling to me. I, um, you know, I had that relationship with the mental illness happy hour. Do you ever listen to Paul sure, Gilbert? Yeah. And, um, and I would hear that and I would go, oh my God, you can actually talk about these things as a podcast. But, but what you touched on was something interesting, which is irreverent is key for me right, right. Uh, in writing, in communicating about this, because if sobriety and recovery was just this boring, you know, what, what I thought it was before, like Jesus worshiping, boring, pedantic <laughs> nightmare, right, right. I would never have done it. And so I don't think I'm helping anybody if that's what I'm perpetuating. Sure. sure. Um, Which makes perfect sense to us. And I, yeah, I don't know if there is some, just re- rejection of mainstream I, I, among the alcohol community. I don't know, or the recovery community at large. It just seems like people are attracted. People aren't used to playing along necessarily when they when they come in. At least I wasn't. And yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a natural attraction towards irreverence. Um, it's well, great. I'm glad you're there. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you. You know, when I first got to treatment and then and then the rooms i i was amazed at how hilarious everything was mm-hmm. it was the opposite of what i expected and um and, and like i said i think that people that's the opposite of what people think is going to be there so show them i mean my whole goal in everything i do um you know and the podcast is just this tiny part of the site you know the idea was for people who are wasted in the middle of the night and going should I kill myself or should I try to find out about sobriety? Seriously. And they stumble on this thing and they go, wait a minute, these, these people are funny. They're talking about things I understand and that that's, and that's what it's there for. Mm-hmm. Well, and the interesting thing, I mean, that I did found though, is it, it's, it's not necessarily a given though. There, there's a tendency sometimes to, uh, be overly precious about it. Right. Or, or overly reverential to the point where, um, you know, there's a certainly contingent that is is very much you're not allowed to joke about it, even your own recovery almost. And you know, when I got into it, and and what again, your podcast, and I'll, and I'll stop blowing smoke up your ass in a minute, but don't ever stop. <laughs> well, right. um, it, it's out of a vape pen, so it's it's uh, it's safer. Um, but uh, it, is that. You know, when when I started doing this, I was even, you know, I'm not from the rooms, as anybody who listens to this, our podcast knows, um, and I don't have that experience, but I was even calling myself Chris A, like somehow I had to protect my own anonymity when I've <laughs> never been anonymous. Like I felt like I was playing by these rules of a game I didn't play. Right. Um, and, you know, when I found your podcast, it helped me start understanding that, oh, you can be in recovery, even, you know, having worked the steps and, and be in the rooms and own your recovery and own it loudly and proudly and, uh, you know, irreverently. So, you know, yeah. that, that's, that's, um, well, it's complicated though. I mean, 
first of all, it, you know, it comes down obviously to personality. Uh, you know, I wouldn't know how to be uh, super sanctimonious about all of it. So, I, you know, I've just never been like that. But, you know, in terms of the out and proud, of course, it's very, very complicated. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my first book, which I wrote when I was five years sober, which is, was a novel, but it was basically, you know, very much a memoir. I just yeah, yeah, fictionalized yeah. stuff. Um, you know, and I was very uh, respectful of the 11th tradition. And, you know, we, that I didn't, I even went so far as to change the language. I was talking about, I was writing about getting sober and I called, you know, I think I called sponsors uh, something else. I called amends something else. Oh, that's I, interesting. And, 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 I, and I regret it a little bit now. It felt right yeah. at the time. Um, but then, then I, you know, when I first started writing about, uh, addiction and recovery, so, you know, for websites, I worked at this website called the fix. And when the, I was their first hire and I said, I will not use the word AA or 12 step or anything like that in print. I won't edit those stories cause that's wrong. And, and then I started to see how many people were attacking the program mm -hmm. and, and how much ignorance there was out there. And at a certain point I just said, you know, whatever, I'm just going to do this. I, I try to only do it when absolutely necessary. Um, but there are a lot of misconceptions like that someone, like you were saying, someone who's sober can't tell people they're sober. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's supposed to be, the anonymity is supposed to be about the program, mm -hmm. not about being sober. Right. Um, but yeah, I, what's funny is nobody ever to my face gives me a hard time about right. it. All of my writers like take shit from people who say, I can't believe you're doing this. I don't know why no one says anything to me. Maybe they're all talking about behind my back. Well, it's interesting. I was listening to your episode with Mark Marin, um, where, you, where you're talking about that exactly, where you talk about the, the sort of almost hate mail that you get. Um, I don't remember what his answer was, if he does or not. But um, So can, what yeah. I want to do, though, is back up for a minute and, and see if you could just briefly take us through what got you to this point point um you know i know you it's it's elsewhere but sort of what activity brought you to recovery and and then uh how you maintain that recovery now well the activity was a lot of chopping up and snorting uh lines of cocaine okay I, that was it was a very specific activity and, yeah. <laughs> okay. activity and ultimately a very painful activity sure. you know i um you know my sort of concept of of my addiction is that you know you're sort of born with a with a genetic predisposition which i sort of have not it's not like riddled throughout my family i'm i'm a jew as my mom says we eat we don't drink but that's like not entirely <laughs> true but you know so it was there and then you know i i started drinking at 12 i loved it um and then you know i sort of just kept graduating um to to more extreme things and then when it, when it was Coke, you know, I was living in LA and it was sort of the late 1990s and I, you know, and it just got really out of control, uh, rather quickly. I had, you know, sort of graduated to just doing it, um, alone in my apartment, trying to write, not able to write because I was so wired. I couldn't even like move, you know, people think you do Coke and you're just like always the life of the party. And mm. it, it rendered me immobile after, you know, and I was just snorting it. I wasn't smoking it or shooting wow. it or anything. And, um, you know, and I, and, and it was sort of like I, the, that point that I was talking about that the site is created for, I got to the point where I thought, um, I, I don't want to get sober. That's horrible. That's the end of life. Uh, I should kill myself. Wow. 
And then I thought, well, um, you know what? I can't kill myself and then see if like recovery is as bad as I think it's going to be. Like that's, that's not, um, that's not a logical plan, but I could always try recovery. And if it's as bad as I know it's going to be, then I can revisit the suicide option. That's what I thought. Well, that makes sense. That's, that's the way I always approach the sort of final, uh, you know, finalizing things is, uh, well, I'll see if this other thing works out or what it's like. Um, and that sort of got me, got me through. Um, and I thought the recovery community were just joyless automatons. I mean, I truly thought it was, I looked at it at the end of, you know, the end of life as I certainly knew it. Um, Don't you think everybody does? Yeah. Yeah. It never, I mean, nobody comes in the rooms on a winning streak, as they say. I think, I, yeah. and you know, I don't know. I just, uh, from the outsider's standpoint, looking in, it it rarely seems to look romantic. Certainly. Well, and the amazing thing is that, in you know, in spite of, and you know, maybe it's because there's not enough. You know, we're not a known quantity. Things like, um, you know, what you're doing, and you know, to some degrees, the fix, I guess, is sort of the edgy place to go, but. You know what what you're doing certainly, and you know like Mark Marin is a you know well known figure in recovery that has some hip cred that yeah. you know helps make it seem. And there are plenty of other people. I'm not saying that that's it, but um, you know these voices that help it not feel like the end, but a, a yeah. just, you know a different different uh, future. So let me ask you this: but when you were you said you were hold up and writing, doing lots of coke, mm-hmm. um, was your was your goal before that, what were you working towards, being a writer? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was working towards it totally ineffectively. Um, I, was, I was, what I was technically doing was getting fired from a lot of jobs. But <laughs> what I thought I was doing was being held back by, by the world and all this bad luck. Because here I had all this you know, brilliance to offer the world. But, you know, what I now see is, is just how terrified I was. You know, I, I, I always thought I didn't, you know, that idea that we get sober and, Oh, you live with a hundred forms of fear. And I always thought I've never been scared in my life. Cause I've always done, um, you know, very, uh, you know, I, I, I do things rather fearlessly, but what I didn't understand is that you know, it was the very basic things that I was scared of. It was to say, I was working at People Magazine, and I was too scared to say, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to go interview people. And so I acted like I knew everything. And it turns out when you tell people that and you don't know anything, they will fire you. So that's what happened to me. Um, How did you get all these jobs? Well, I didn't get all these jobs. I got that job. I, (laughs) You know, I was presentable. And... You know, it went down pretty uh, dramatically. You know, I looked like somebody, you know, I graduated from a good college and, you know, I, I got a job right out of college. I, it, it, you know, my life took a, a rather radical turn down uh, that, that I think surprised me and my family and, and whoever else was paying attention. But, um, but yeah, so I, got, I was good at getting the jobs. I wasn't great at keeping them. But, yeah. you know, I had this idea that I was going to be this very, like, glamorous, successful writer. But I had no, uh, I had no idea how that was going to happen. And when I was doing all th- those years of doing Coke by myself, I was, I was working on a screenplay. Mm-hmm. And I was convinced it was, you know, just brilliant. And I, but I kept, you know, thinking I needed to rewrite it. So I literally spent three years rewriting 
one line of this wow. screenplay that was better when I started. <laughs> so, Do you still have the screenplay? Is it still around? I, so, you know, that's such a good question. No one ever asked me that. And I actually can't even remember which one it was. I was trying to turn out scripts for a while before I realized that I'm not, unfortunately, good at that form of writing. Oh. Um, it's rather inconvenient since that's the really lucrative form of writing I know about. Yeah. But... Um, but yeah, yeah, that wasn't good. The, the first time I did Coke Alone, I stayed up all night and I wrote a spec script for uh, Third Rock from the Sun, which just... just... <laughs> Hello? Hello? Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves... Meeting coffee. How cool is that? Official coffee of the Central Now podcast. And I thought, oh God, I just have to keep doing it. And I thought, I'll just be whatever. It worked once. Yeah, one time. And one so time. you think it's going to work forever. That's worth chasing for a couple years, right? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Oh, man. So you didn't write your novel until you were sober. I Part didn't. Ago. And I didn't write it till I was uh, four years sober. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so, that illusion that you can write and use, it's, it gets a lot of people. It's funny. We've all been down that path. Like It's the most romantic notion in the world that somehow you can write and use, and it never, never works. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it seemed to work for like Hemingway and Fitzgerald yeah. to a degree. To but, a degree. But I remember in rehab talking about how I felt like writing was always going to be a trigger so I wouldn't be able to do it because you know, sitting down to the computer, I would immediately crave cocaine. Oh, and um you know, and I thought I wouldn't be able to do it anymore, which was crazy. So you, what, what brought you to the point where you, you realized that it was what, what was in the way of, of you uh, being the writer you wanted to be? Well, I think what, you know, and I'm sure you guys experience this too. When it gets that bad, you're not even thinking about it like that. You're thinking right. about like, I don't want to live. Right. No, you're right. Yeah. So forget anything else. I mean, I, you know, and I had no great dramatic uh, bottom. I just had uh, kept trying to quit mm -hmm. and I would quit for a few weeks or a month and then I would congratulate myself on not being a cocaine addict because here I'd quit mm -hmm. and then I'd go back to doing it and I knew I was lying to myself and I felt like I was never going to get out of this trap um, and it was, you know, the most important thing in the world to me but I hated it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I basically, I just wrote something about this. Oh yeah, we're posting it on the site tomorrow. Oh. So same day this will go up. Where I just, um, I just basically one day, well, I had this thing. I, I went to the doctor and I had blood tests. So I had my blood drawn and I had my arms laid out to have blood drawn. And I had this thought when I laid out my arms, which was, thank God I don't have track marks. Oh, wow. Which I'd never shot drugs in my life. So I thought, that's the crazy, why would I think that? And then I, I feel like I was given this like glimpse into a future that was coming. Mm -hmm. And a few days later, I called my mom and I said, I'm a cocaine addict and I need help. And, and that was it, that was you know? Wow. Yeah. Whatever those moments are, you always remember those things. It's crazy. That one yeah. little thing mm -hmm. that just sticks with you forever. Do you guys have that too? The moment where you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When you're just, you're exhausted, yeah. you know? At least in my case, I was just so tired of the upkeep that my body required to get through the day, you know? Um, <laughs> So, but it wasn't depression for you guys? Oh, 
Yeah, I mean, for absolutely. Yeah, for me, that's absolutely the foundation. <laughs> the foundation um, was depression. Um, that you know, those, that exhaustion that Matt talked about. The, I mean, I was just, I was overcome by like just sort of shame and disgust with myself. Oh yeah, um, built on a solid foundation of depression. Right, right. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. the bedrock. That's, yeah. that's what you um, start with. And uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. And you know, abstaining from cocaine or i imagine anything sort of upper in particular abstaining after a period of using it there's no depression like that depression this from my experience like when you try to stop and then you stop and you don't have it in your system anymore that crash i mean was always just terrible like just terribly depression for me it was like it was the day after the day after the day after i'd still be okay and then you know, but when I stopped for good, I just, my right. perception is I just, I was so relieved. Yeah, that, you're right. That is interesting when, when you do it. And it was the same way for me. Like when I, I quit all other drugs, like about three months before I, I quit alcohol and I didn't even realize I was an alcoholic until I quit the drugs. I thought they were the problem. Right. Um, and the one they were, but they were a symptom really. Um, right. right. And, uh, yeah, that, that was so much easier than the alcohol, um, in retrospect, which, you know, left me like, <laughs> probably was like sobbing that I felt like I was killing my best friend. So. Right. Right. What drugs were you doing? Uh, cocaine, ecstasy, um, free base. Oh, really? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, me as well. Pretty, pretty much all of those. Plus. Uh, plus yeah. Anything I get my hands on really. Were yeah. you, were, did you guys hang out? Did you know each other then? No. Uh, no, we didn't know each other. We were active in addiction. When we met, we were both sober. Uh-huh. We were all three of us, Jeff, Matt, and I. We all worked together. We're all creative we were... directors in advertising, and we were all sober. Yeah, which was, and all working on beer and liquor accounts, which was awesome. Yeah. And then, oh, uh, there he is. Then I went back out, and these guys stayed sober, and then I came back in, and now we're, we're like, all sober together again. Yeah. yeah. A little triumph, triumvirate of fail yeah. advertising sober people. Yeah, and we all ended up together working together un, unknown and unbeknownst to each of us when we first met each other if this is, if you can follow this we didn't know the other was sober no no i thought um, jeff was a fucking party animal yeah i mean just because he was always tired and <laughs> yeah. probably because he was out late probably yeah. doing something yeah. cool and yeah, yeah. no that's, that's funny. hilarious but so yeah i mean so that's our our sort of collective yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how we got to this point and then okay so so you um, you had a really I mean that's a really interesting moment of clarity revelation you know a you know thankfully it, it you know the, the yet that was implied at the end of the I, I don't have trap marks you know yeah. didn't didn't transpire um, that's pretty interesting yeah it's um yeah, it, it's bizarre. It doesn't end the way you think it will. I mean, not that I ever imagined it ending. I never imagined it ending. You know, I assumed that I would just be with that. You know, I don't know. For you, for me, it's just, it's amazing to me, especially after, you know, being sober so long, looking back and going, you know, I can't believe that's how I expected to live my whole life. And, yeah. um, you know, it's certainly not like this is perfect. Uh, you know, that's the other thing that I think people will do when sort of, uh, being sanctimonious about sobriety mm-hmm. is they'll they'll act like somehow they've been given this new life of perfection, which yeah, is yeah. so far from the truth. Sure. sure. 
Yeah, I mean, life is still life. You're just certainly better equipped to deal with <laughs> what comes your way. Right, yeah. right. But I know, I know exactly the type of sanctimony you're, oh, yeah. you're talking about. You know, this almost entitlement and, and a feeling like, well, now everything is figured out. So I pity those that don't have. Yeah, yeah. My wisdom. Uh, yeah, it's um, it, it it's really it, it. I think I was like that in the beginning. I think that I thought you know everybody needs to do the twelve steps and mm-hmm. and everybody's got a problem. And you know, the longer I'm sober, the more I realize that I don't know. I don't know about anybody but me. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know what's interesting is like to to Jeff's credit, when we met, it was like I don't know. We were both like around three or four years or something like that, and uh, and Jeff was. 12 step and I wasn't and you know Jeff never pulled anything you know he never never tried to get you involved yeah when I hear these days people you know I was blissfully unaware that there was this whole contingent that are like it's a cult and the people that hate AA you know my experience is Jeff who you know has been a terrific friend um for you know a decade and a half and uh you know never remotely tried to draft me um and only helped me but uh what was my point? Oh, just uh, yeah. There's 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 more than one way. The the one thing that Jeff had me convinced though was that I was an anomaly. Um, I, I thought you were. I just I didn't did know any. We we had this yeah. conversation. We thought, right. well, Does anyone he's, get sober he's a not- freak. Yeah, <laughs> he's a little bit of a freak, but, and that's okay. But this past year, you know, I found out that, and I think we all kind of found out that there's a lot of people out there um, doing it all different ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we all went to a smart meeting together, which was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, one of my writers, oh, Tracy, Tracy uh, yeah. is checking that out right now and going to write yeah. about it for us. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's nice. I mean, I'm so much, you know, I don't know. 12 Step just works for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I took it for granted that it worked for everyone, and it so does not. Yeah. I get but that. I will, I will say, after binge listening to you, Anna, and that's what I had done on this past vacation, every one of your guests at some point, who if this is the topic, everyone kind of says that, like, AA, yeah, it worked for me. I mean, it gets a lot of props out there for as many haters as you right. hear. It ultimately yeah. does the trick. Yeah. So, yeah, my people, everybody, I, I mean, I think everybody except for two or three people have been 12-step. And, yeah. um, you know, and I, it, that's just who I know. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. you know, I definitely, I have been sort of criticized for it. But what's interesting, what's so weird is today I just, uh, we came up with this idea for the site of putting together. We do newsletters every week, which yeah. I hope you all are signed up for. You yeah. every Friday at ten a.m. And but what what we decided to do today was to put together like a theme newsletter and send it out every two weeks. So yeah. I, I figured, what's a better theme than AA? And so I I gathered together like six of our best performing stories about AA, and we've had more negative stories that we've published about it than positive ones. <laughs> Wow. Which I think is great, given you know, given yeah. that that I and a lot of my writers, uh, you know, that's the way we do it. I never would want, uh, you know, because I think it can limit people either way. If you say this is the way to do it, this isn't the way to do it. You know, we're all going to find our own way. So I, you know, not to be too dramatic, but I believe you kill people if you say AA is a cult. It, you know, oh, sure. you know the, the the people out there these days that are that are trying to sell their books and are getting everywhere doing that are, are causing a lot of damage. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do. I mean, I do too. I mean, I again, never even having been in the rooms, I've in the years in between when I've when I've known people that need help, I said, you know, go to a meeting. You know, because right. you can't. 
going to a meeting and sitting with people that know what you're going through can't be a bad thing. Um, you know, I get that there are very specific instances of individuals not being good people, but that's everywhere. Um, and I like it, you know, as someone who's, I'm a 12-step guy, right. you know, uh, and I owe my life in large part to the recovery community mm. and to 12-step mm. work. At the same time, I love the ugly stories. I mean, I love that stuff because mm. I'm, I'm in, you know, it's part of my life. It's how I live. Great. So I want to poke around in the corners and I want to hear about negative experience mm-hmm. pe- experiences people have had you know it doesn't i don't know and it's worth exploring i mean that's what's really i mean that's how i i think became aware of tracy um who yeah we should mention i mean she's out with her last name on your side oh yeah mine um but i've never pronounced her last name out loud so Chabala. Chabala. <laughs> okay. yeah. um, but uh you know that's how i became aware of her was a piece she did um you know critical in a productive way about aa and i think she just her, her most recent piece at least that i'm aware of on your site um is also a very a piece looking at aa and um what could be done to to help it evolve maybe yeah um, she's done two pieces in the last week actually okay. uh, that are one was rewriting the 12 steps for atheists which right. uh is getting a lot of action out there and then she did this one about should it be updated And, um, yeah, I mean, I really appreciate the fact that, that, you know, she and I have different points of view on it and she's so smart and she's Mm. so rational and and such a good writer that, that, yeah, I think, I think it's great to keep the dialogue open. So, so let me ask you this. Um, so you're, you're still, uh, you go to meetings. Yes. You, you, you're, you sponsor and are sponsored. Yes. So, um, on, on the episode with, Marin, mm-hmm. you mentioned, and I can't remember what step it was, but you said that it was only in the, after all, all this time in recovery and sobriety, that it was only within the last year or two that you realized you weren't working a specific step. Oh, God. I like, oh, man, I wish I'd written it down. I, no, I'm going to guess the sixth step. The sixth step. Survey says. I don't know. Sixth step. I said that. Um, I don't even remember what I said this morning. I'm um, going to go back and listen to it, and I'll, I'll, I'll put it. Uh, I'll share it with you, and I'll, I'll we'll figure out how you can answer it. But what was interesting to me was here. Here's what's interesting: not so much the specifics of what step, but that there's um, that it, that it does provide a framework to go back and and see what more you can do. Um, for your recovery, right? Um, and you identified yeah. something well into the process that um, you might not have addressed as, as thoroughly or fully as you could early in the process. So that, that, that was the only point I wanted to make. And, you know, I get a lot of shit for being the guy who isn't AA that gives it too much, too many props. But, you know, I don't know what else to say. You know, it's like, you know, Jeff took me through the steps, uh, one one per episode in the, the early uh, oh. episodes. And we sort of came to the conclusion that I sort of stumbled. You stumbled through them. Stumbled through the essentially what they the, were. The idea, yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's something to be said for things that are just sort yeah. of universal truths that work, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, to me, I don't even look at it like you do the steps to stay sober. I do the steps not and not because I'm some awesome AA recovery girl, but because I get really uncomfortable if I don't. And my tolerance for discomfort is so low. Yeah. So... You know, um, you know, I, I sort of I have this idea of this piece that I want to write called like Confessions uh, of the Half Dry because I think for 
for a while I was, you know, I was just sort of coasting along doing AA, but not really, you know, sort of looking at my defects and not really, uh, you know, taking responsibility for, for the ways I was behaving Mm -hmm. and these things that ultimately, you know, it makes me feel bad if, if I, if I'm, you know, yeah, I'm somebody who can grow resentful very easily. So I have to constantly, when I get, when I get a resentment, I have to kind of deal with it. And I deal with it by writing it down and looking at my part and sharing it with my sponsor and, and kind of, or otherwise I'm just going to be pissed off and unhappy. So, you know, yeah, I just look at the steps as like, you know, ways to keep me from, you know, uh, attacking myself. That's interesting. interesting. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Oh man, I'm getting feedback. Um, a big part of the th- my third stage sort of recovery was I'd come to that place where I was very resentful. Um, I'd become complacent in my recovery, and I'd become just resentful of, I don't know, almost everything. And it was a period when I was working with Jeff and Matt, and Jeff happened to be my boss at the time. Um, and uh, and I put him in the unenviable position of having to, having to fire me because I was such a dick. Oh, uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, was, that was a good day. And uh, you know, I um, I, you know, I had to spend time figuring out um, what the hell was wrong with me. You know, where, where where all this was coming from. And you know, I'm certainly um, you know worked through that again. You know, outside the rooms, outside the steps, but um, you know, I found my way there. And uh, you know, it was interesting identifying that, you know, I, I had all these resentments that I needed to unpack and get rid of. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah that's why I think if you do have the steps, if you do have the framework, again, it certainly helps you um, identify those things. Listening yeah. to the last like six, six episodes of yours, and it seems like you're going through something. You keep talking about it. Just something funky, right? Well, I was like two or three months. It was like three or four months ago. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Okay. But, but no, I mean, I was, it was sort of like in, when was that? Like January, February, March for Better. sure. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, do I still sound like that? Cause things have been good. I was wondering if that was, you know, you've evolved the show to include relationships now and that's where, or it seems like it's slightly going off into a new direction. I was just curious if those two things might be connected. Well, yeah. I mean, one thing there are two. There's two reasons for it. You know, I have this whole sort of other life as this uh, relationship expert. I, I, you know, I, I wrote a bunch of stories for Playboy, and I had a sex column, and then I was on this uh, TV show called Attack of the Show, giving relationship advice for three years. And and I go on TV. I still do it on like The View and the Today Show and things like that. And that was this weird thing I stumbled into, where I was basically just giving people recovery advice. I just didn't call it that. Mm-hmm. But so. <laughs> I'm sort of uh, under kind of constant pressure to focus on relationships from just people who contact me and people who are kind of interested in what I'm doing. Um, So that was one of the reasons. And also I I just started to, you know, realize that the, the Venn diagram of people that I wanted on the podcast and people that were willing to be open about being sober was growing smaller and smaller. And I needed to, uh, open it up, uh, to, to, uh, people who were, you know, who were struggling with other things. And so, you know, and so it's a way for me to have non-sober people on who are my friends or who are people that I think are interesting that can just Mm -hmm. sort of talk about how they get through stuff. Have you ever had anybody still active on? 
you know what's what I was just talking about this last night because uh, I, I have this friend Mark Ebner who is awesome yes uh, yes I saw him on the yeah I saw the uh the description of that pod yeah and so he uh you know I knew him to be you know 20 something years sober and we're doing the interview and he tells me you know I, during the interview that he's smoking pot mm-hmm. and it was awesome just because um I had no idea mm-hmm. and it was this just completely uh you know, organic revelation. And I, I have no judgment about it. It's like, he's, he's saying he can do it and that's great. And I believe him, mm. um, which I think is really important again, for people to understand that it's not about, you know, those of us who this works for, it's not about, we think it needs to be true for everybody that there, there are all sorts of ways through this. And, um, yeah, that's his way. And, and that is a challenge. I mean, I think there's a sense a lot of times, I mean, I've had it and that's part of what prompted me to start doing this was, that not that there is only one way to do it, but that a key part of it is that you can't do anything. And I realize that you know some people do, <laughs> like like right. like Mark. Um, but uh, yeah, part of my frustration was I I slipped into the mindset of why don't they just quit, um, which what? goes right along with that. Um, how long How long has he been smoking pot? How long? You know, I don't know, like a year. It's so funny. I just was with somebody last night who we were talking about him and he just offered up. He's like, oh, he smokes pot. He, he doesn't drink. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. Mm. Um, but, you know, oh, I also had another guy on, Mishka Shibali, who, right. yeah, who uh, is a great writer as well. And he's written books about this. But, yeah, he doesn't drink, but he, like, does ecstasy and shrooms and, and all of this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, mm. everybody's got their their path. Yeah. Right. I can't um, smoke pot. I wish I could, but I can't. I'm just going to say that right now. Just so it goes on. <laughs> like, get that out there. And when That's I met Jeff, I'm in was... Colorado. I'm like, by all these weed shops, I'm like, fuck, there's weed shops everywhere. <laughs> uh, I hate pot. Um, you guys, I kind of have right. to wrap it up, unfortunately. Yeah. No, right. no, no. Which is fine. It's great. And I totally appreciate that you being upfront about that. And we talked about that before you came on. Um, you know, maybe you'll be back again. Yeah. Uh, I hope. Um, honestly, totally thrilled. I great having you on it was really fun um and great to get to talk to you thank you so much i appreciate it and i so appreciate what you said um and and the work that you're doing out there so let's just keep let's stay you know let's work together however we can absolutely and again thank you for the inspiration thank you and lastly are you going to dc in, in october no you know somebody else was asking me that and um i don't even really get it like people gather on steps we're protesting. Sorry, I don't mean to. Come on, said what I've been thinking. No, I'm kidding. But like that, people go to DC to gather on steps. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I guess it remains to be seen what's made of it. The thing, it's you know, the the shorthand I keep using is it's the Million Man March for Recovery. Okay. What happens? I don't exactly know. I mean, you know, that's up to the organizers. I think to sort of um, evolve that in the in the coming months, um, but. Yeah, I think we're not. gonna go and and you know, like I keep you know one of our taglines is the the recovery revolution will be podcast and uh, we're certainly not the only ones doing it but um, <laughs> we're gonna be there and and uh, get some of it on on and mic so that's awesome yeah I um I I checked it out I couldn't figure out uh what it was exactly but you know but we're also you know we're hustling we're doing 12 stories a day like i'm exhausted so um but but it sounds cool i mean i'm a i'm a supporter i want to hear how it goes all right we'll we'll report back 
Yes, report from the front lines. All right, um, you know, well, thanks thank again, you. and uh, yeah, and thank uh, you know Tracy and and Danielle have been very cool um, to me and us as well. So um, I appreciate that too. And, and and everybody should check out your uh, How I Got Sober story on After Party. Absolutely, uh, with the the interview. Uh, yes. Absolutely on After Party, and thank you. Thanks so, right. so much. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.